Welcome back, everyone, to Everything from Top to Bottom with Thomas and Brett. We are quick speed turnaround for this episode because we just recorded on Saturday and now we're back on a Tuesday recording this. Tuesday. More like Tuesday. Okay. Well, <clears throat> we haven't had a lot go on in the past couple of days. Have you had a lot going on? I mean, it's been an okay couple of days. Yeah. I um, did a little trip out to Best Buy. I Best Buy? What'd you get there? Um, I just went to accompany someone. Um, on their trip out there. Okay. Um, and it ended up being a bus. And then I was like, "Ooh, that sucks." Oh, a bus to Best Buy. A bus to Best Buy. Oh God. And then what else happened? I did some uh, um relaxing watching of Yellow Jackets. Obviously, my new obsession. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't even started off the podcast with our big with our biggest news. Well, I don't know. You don't let me get there. Okay. All right. What's our biggest news? Well, I might have just found a tick on my no what? no. What we hit a thousand followers. On oh my god, we TikTok. hit a thousand followers on TikTok, and now we can go live. We hit a thousand followers literally right before the last episode dropped. Yes, which it was, was we, so crazy. We were so close, and then we just kind of pushed ourselves over the edge, and and now we're here, baby. I'm getting better at posting um, regularly. I'm really trying. When are we gonna do our first live? I don't know. Okay. Not at nine o'clock on a Tuesday, let me tell you. No, I, I think we should go live all the time. Like, I want you to just go I'm live. I'm down. Yeah, go live whenever you want. Oh, really? We're going to go live separately? Why not? <gasps> okay, everyone, you're getting separates. Separates. I wonder who people like more. Well, you know what people have told me? What? That they can't tell who's talking. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we have very different voices. No, apparently not. Apparently, when we get excited, we sound the same. No. I, well, I mean, maybe, because then you get a little louder. But I think throughout the majority of the podcast, there's, like, a louder voice and a not louder Well, voice. we can do a poll. I mean, there are a lot of people that have messaged me that have been like, yeah, I've really been enjoying the podcast. I'm still just trying to decipher who's talking half the time. Well, people have got to learn. They've got to decide between their voices. This is Thomas, by the way, everyone. And this is Brett. Um, and this is who we are. We are everything from top to bottom. It's true. An extremely salacious podcast about what's going on in our lives and other gay topics. Anything else happening for you or no? Um, no. All right, boring. What's happening with you? Oh, so many exciting things always. Um, so after we recorded, we went to see that queer film. Yeah. In Unidentified Objects? Yep. Okay. Um... It was a good movie, I would say. Um, I think we gave it like a three and a half out of five. Yeah. Um, it was a little like all over the place, but it was super fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, Some of the makeup that they were doing, like the lines on their little like the lips and the, the, the like the alien scenes. Oh, I didn't even notice any of the makeup. Those were so fun. Mm, I was more intrigued. What did you notice? The dialogue, the words. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you really related with the character. Oh, I did. I did. I thought the script was very. What'd you relate well to? Um, how miserable this man was for half his life, and how he lived in solitude. Oh. Uh huh. I was afraid of the world because the world pushed him down. For anyone, should we explain what the movie's about? I think they should watch it to find out. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we can explain it. The yeah, background. I mean, it's about a little gay person. Yes. And going on an adventure, a road trip with a sex worker to yes. Canada to find aliens. Yeah. And that 
doesn't that might sound enticing to you it was not enticing to me um which i'm glad you didn't preface me at all with any what this film was going to be at all because i think i think you mentioned aliens and that i was like oh great um but it really wasn't alien focused i I would say it it, if anything there were no aliens um like physically looking aliens like aliens that you're thinking of um it's just like green headed yeah it's just more of kind of like i I feel like the alien is kind of more of um a metaphor it's a metaphor for what escaping into an alternative world where people will accept you yeah you know she's like chasing like this group of people that you know they say she goes they shape because she talks about how like they shape shift and they form and they they create an environment for yourself where you just feel welcome and safe and the world that she's living in now is not comfortable and she's always living in fear and anxiety and doesn't feel appreciated and always looked at because she does go online and does like only fan stuff which is kind of modern always looks at me too all right um and then the the I guess dwarf or little person. I don't know. Little person. I mean, that's what he said in the film. That is what he said, but they went back and forth with dwarf and little person. But either way, um, it it was interesting to see like his perspective and the journey that he's gone on. And like, he wanted an adventure and wanted to feel accepted and finding this companion that wanted him and wanted his attention kind of like made him open up a little bit more to the world and possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of like was able to feel, he just wasn't able to find his people. Um, I don't know. It was, it was very multi-layered, and um, I just found it fascinating. Totally, I think that's what's really exciting about queer films and like queer cinema in general is that like it brings out characters that we really can relate to. It brings out like scripts that like have dialogue that we can understand and we feel. And yeah, it's really special that they have like these type of queer um film festivals it's just a shame it's always like there's always like a person in misery it's never like oh a happy gay you know well i, I mean I, I don't know i'm sure there's a lot of movies um i will say but even when they are happy i still hate them for you sure know, like the what is that one love victor and love oh Simon. yeah i've never even seen it God. i like can't deal with that i can't happy gays boo no it like really does kind of make me mad yeah. especially like a high school happy gay because i'm like what what the fuck do you have to really be happy about? Also, you should be under stress at all time. And I hate when the actor is not gay. Oh, I hate it. It's my least favorite thing because yeah. I'm like, you have no idea what like you're even you're like, acting? trying to do. Yeah, you don't even know. Move on. You move on. Forget about it. So that was I'm her... so over straight washing. Well, that was her... is that it's not what it's called. Is it straight washing? I don't know. Might as well make it up the word. Rainbow Why? washing. No, that's no, when like companies pro- use yeah. stuff at Pride. Oh, get ready for June. Um, I'm so excited. Who's gonna sponsor us? Any, you know what? We're Astroglide. All, no, they won't. Really? Why not? They want a whole. Um, there's like this thing in social media that's called like a, a worksheet or something, a workout, and it's like your proposal to them. And so let's give them a proposal. All right, you want to pull it together? Sure. All right. You have to put in your engagement, interactions, followers. What's your social media plan? What's your strategy? I know all those numbers. Those are not hard to find. All right, pull it together then. I mean, it's not gonna lie. It's not like we're gonna say we're no, some I, like, billion dollar brand, but no. like. I've got the face. We've got the energy. Just You've got the body, Mr. Workout. I just don't have the time. No, for sure. Yeah. Neither of us have the time, but I think we should keep all opportunities open. At bay. Oh, at bay. I don't know. I just felt like at bay meant like right on the shore, you know? No, it means ready to blast off whenever. At bay means away from you. Oh. Keep that at bay. Keep it at bay. Keep it away from me. Keep that at well, bay. Well, let's keep it at beach. That's closer. <laughs> Let's see. After so we went to the at sea. 
That's even farther away. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I'm trying to transition myself into other things we can talk about. Oh. Yes. Okay, you uh, can talk about other things. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Sunday was a great day. Went to go see my friend. And she has two little kids. Aww. And, so we had a and a hot, hot husband. Oh, Lord. Um, who we're trying to get to play pickleball. He wants to come play pickleball with Shut us. Shut up. I'll lose my fucking mind. Yeah, he wants to come play pickleball. Um, I told him it's not that hard to learn or play. I love him. He could totally do it. Um, and then Katie wants to come with like the kids and stuff. I said, yeah, why not? <gasps> oh my God. And they can all wear our colors. Yeah. Oh. Cause people brought their kids. So why not? Totally. Wh- I, mean, I mean, like during the playoffs, they totally brought their kids to watch them whip our ass. No, <sighs> but we're not talking about that. No. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards I drove into the city and then we went shopping at TJ Maxx. I'm trying to get, you know, some clothes ready for the summer. Yeah, me too. Um, I gotta wait till I get paid, and then I'm gonna go to all three Sabers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, all three. Uh-huh. Um, is there good stuff in like Vermont? I think for women, like so, you can dress like a woman. No, totally. Like I just, I'm dresses aren't really my style, and like skirts and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. a lot of the clothing typically doesn't fit. A six two. Well, that's the whole point. If you want a little crop top or yeah, I bought a little crop top there in Vermont. Um, that's like an MTV shirt, and for some reason the neckline just makes me feel weird. But now that I've gained a little bit of muscle, maybe it'll look a little bit better. All right, go for it. Who knows? And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's been happening. Um, I was supposed to have plans for sex. No, uh, oh. for like New York, and things got moved around and. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like this year is kind of like flying by. The fact that we're in April right now. Oh, it's over. Um, April's over. Surprise. April's literally almost over. So, yeah, well, I actually yesterday went to another film at uh, for the Wicked Queer Film Festival. Oh, was it different? Boston's leading LGBTQ film festival. It was different. It was a documentary. Oh, why didn't you take me to that one? Well... I think I invited you, and then there was no follow-up interest. You never invited me. That's not true. I told you which ones I probably wanted to go to. Either way, no, it's in the past. You, oh, God. So, the documentary was 1946. Oh, I wouldn't have wanted to go. And it is, that is the year, the first year, yeah. that the word homosexual was ever printed in the Bible. Oh. Very, that's like a big statement. Homosexual Bible. What do you mean? No. You know how it says in the Bible, like, God condemns homosexuals. Like, if you will not get into the, like, gates of heaven, if you are a homosexual, or blah, 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 blah. Like, there's a list. Sure. At, like, one part, um, I think it's, like, in the Corinthians. Um, mm, the Corinthians. Basically, like, it was wild. The movie goes into detail about, like, the... A translation of the Bible from Greek and Latin into English. Yes. Um, and it was done by like a group of like 12 men. And there's mm. two words in a certain passage that can be translated. Um, one can be translated to meaning effeminate, which didn't necessarily in like ancient Greek time mean like it meant more like um, like lazy Sluggish, not wanting to do any work. Okay. Um. So like cowardly. Okay. So that was someone that they said would like go to hell. And then there was another word that they combined with um the effeminate word to create homosexual and get this translation. Okay. And this word was like a Seneca or something like that. Mm. Um. Those and are Senecas. It basically means like, um, 
men who lie with other men. But or lie to other men. Well, look, <laughs> if you so what the movie kind of explains a little bit is that that term is only really found in a few places. Um like in history mm-hmm. and where it's found a lot of is list of vices and where it's found is the economic vices. So what it really seems to mean, and they go a lot more into this in the movie. I really suggest everyone watch this movie. It's incredibly fascinating. Um, what they suggest is that what that really means isn't necessarily men who lie with other men. It's really more talking about men who lie. I don't know. I feel like I'm stumbling on my words and it's a very like it goes through like the the verses of the Bible where homosexual homosexuality and the word homosexual is used. And it really goes back to the old translations and looks at those words in the context of when they were originally ri- written and looks at the Bible as a whole. And it really makes a very excellent argument, I think, that like there was never really a condemnation of homosexuality or being gay. So the whole documentary is going into the word homosexuality in the Bible? Yeah, it's going into how the word homosexual is in the Bible, mm-hmm. but it was never in the Bible until 1946. That's the whole film? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> I don't know. It was really interesting. Um, I'm, it's feeling boring to me. Yeah. I I went to a Catholic middle school, um, was extremely tormented there, um, was not really helped by a lot of teachers. For never sure. Never really got met with any type of, you know, it, it, I, I got called into the office one time and like confronted about it at one point about being gay and acting effeminate. It was super traumatizing. And I've had people that I've known that have taken their own lives because they grew up in religious households Mm. and didn't feel accepted. And the fact that this word was printed in the Bible and it's not even necessarily accurate. Yeah. And the movie goes on to explain how, like what, how this happens in history and how like the way that like new Bibles got printed and how the Bible spread like started around like in the 70s and then all of a sudden the AIDS crisis happened and so people started to use these quotes as real like concrete evidence of homosexuality is bad and we shouldn't be helping people with AIDS that these people should just die the movie calls this decision a sacred weapon because everyone has used it to weaponize and literally be like this is my concrete evidence to say why gay people are bad well I mean, at this point, they don't even, it's its too far in their heads. It doesn't even have to be in the Bible anymore. The word doesn't even matter because the at this point, the characterization of it is too far gone. They don't need evidence. They don't need fact. It's already in their head that this is what it is. There's no, even if you were to take that out, even if you were to have the Pope, I mean, I, mean, I think even the Pope, I think, has like, Said that no pope has ever said that homosexuality is okay. The only thing a pope has ever done is say that homosexuality is not the first thing that we should be focusing on right now. Well, no, they've I, I, whoever the pope is now is that like you, you shouldn't be punished for being gay, but I mean, you can fact check that. But it, it was, I think it was the phrasing of like, yes, they're not obviously you know big pro gay, but there was a 
Yeah, that like it's not the biggest deal. Right. Which no. great. Fuck you still. No, I'm I'm not defending it. Um I'm just saying that like this is a great transition into our topic for this episode, which is religion and gay. Yeah. Um, cause you hinted at the beginning, your experience with, um, being involved in a religious arena, Totally. Uh, your school, your school, was it, you said it was religious, right? Religious yeah. backing. Did you go to church? Were you somebody that had to go to church on Sunday or? Yeah, I was an altar server. Um, now how did you get involved with this? Was this like your parents push or was that because you were in the school and like you had to do that or? Um, I mean, it was mostly my grandmother leading the way. I think my parents felt like it was necessary because Mm. of my grandparents. For sure. Um, so they kind of like pushed me in those beginning things of like, you know, like of course they did my baptism and then like they made me go to first communion and CCD classes and stuff like that. What were you raised as? Catholic. Roman? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I, and then I started in, like, fourth grade, I think, altar serving. Mm. Maybe even younger, I don't even know in, at this point anymore. Eventually, I went to public school and <laughs> was able to stop that. Yeah, we see how you are now. But even then, I still had to make my, like, confirmation. I was, like, apparently oh, yeah. on my, like, I, who is your? Do you remember who your uh, person was? Yeah, St. Thomas. Oh, guess who mine was? I was like, fuck y'all, I'm not making, I'm not going to pick some saint. I'm going to pick St. Thomas because that's, my name's Thomas. I did St. Paul because my family. Because your father? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my father. Actually, well, maybe this is jumping ahead too much, but um, my grandfather, we, we have actually similar parallels because it was my grandfather that was like the religious mm-hmm. leader. And then my parents were like, this is good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um because in theory, and I, I still partially believe it, there is a part of religion that does that does does give a lot of great um, theories and um, moral righteousness. Yeah, I mean, I don't like knock religion. I don't like. I'm not trying to knock anyone's religion. I think that like religion definitely is a great is there for people to like hold on to. Yeah, I think in term, I, times of like horrible stress. Um, but. My my grandfather was my sponsor because you have to get a sponsor that's not a family member like out, mm-hmm. like not your direct family like mom or dad, and um, but he died uh, mid conf- mid confirmation because you have to, it's like a whole process right it's not like you're just like you have to like write the essay and do the research and all that stuff and then you have to like do all the things I didn't have to do any of that oh well we did um, I literally sat across from a priest for like six to eight weeks and he had indigestion and he like lectured at us and then at the end he told us we weren't allowed to wear any revealing clothing (laughs) um and then my sponsor shout out to Leela Hoffpower wore maybe the smallest little white dress you have ever seen in your fucking life as she should badge out at the confirmation but she was hot Um. I think we did like two shots before yeah, this is not paralleled anymore. <laughs> no, screw that. Um, so essentially, uh, my dad had to step in, which was fine. I think it's interesting. We've had similar parallels where it's like, like I wonder if our parents were more religious, how that impact would have impacted us. Because I think, I mean, it's all well intentioned. Like, and I did enjoy, funny enough, I did enjoy going to church because my grandfather was based in Massachusetts, so we would always go to. Um, actually the church St. Paul's Church in Wellesley shout out shout out and we'd always sit front row pew we'd get there like an hour early yeah the front row was always too much for me well it's because we were basically VIP because 
my grandfather like knew big priest. shot oh yeah in yeah. the church mm-hmm. like we would always go i was i would always be a lecture reader so mm-hmm. i would always go on stage <gasps> i and... always wanted to do that because i always wanted to move the microphone oh i did you know yep. they do Cree! it's like creaks for at the beginning yep i did that um it was just like a fun experience for the most part um but then when i started going more in the south Things went down south real fast. Totally. Uh, did you do you have like a memory of like the most traumatic experience you've had in the church? I've had like I remember sitting in school and like kids saying like or I feel like I was like arguing with kids and it was like they would bring it up to teachers like is homosexual is like being gay okay? And like the teacher would like say like in the Bible, no, like this isn't okay. Like, I, that was just what, like, God said no. Um, That's so weird to be, like, be in school and have, like, your teacher directly admit it. It's a really harsh thing to hear all of a sudden as, like, a young person when this is, like, who you're looking up to and, like, you really don't know what to believe in at this age. Like Oh, for sure. And I remember that was, like, the time when I sat in that seventh grade classroom and started to think, like, wait, maybe none of this is real. <laughs> like, maybe I shouldn't actually, like, what if all of this was just like that's literally how I started thinking about religion and it's because of like how this was but I'm happy I got I was able to do that because not everyone's able to do that some people hold on to religion and it's so deeply ingrained in their families oh yeah and their cultures mm-hmm. that they can't let it go that's why it's like curious to know that like like your parents weren't super religious also your parents like to have a little fun too <laughs> um totally so like it was it's like fascinating because like my parents weren't super religious like they were never like we gotta go to church, like, we gotta do this, like, it was kind of just more of, um, like, a social activity for me to do, but them to be on the periphery of. It's just fascinating that, like, you came to your realization and it didn't stick with you because, like you said, people honestly are subjected to it for a longer period of time, especially if it's, like, I know people who I went to church with who, like, it's multi-generational and, like, they... Like, the reason why they get yeah. married so early is so they can have sex. Right. Everyone's, like, religious. You know? And, like, they have to f- abide by these rules. And I just remember always kind of, like, questioning every activity that we did. Um, especially, and I guess this is my trauma experience. But for some reason, they found it um, necessary for us to be educated on sex in middle school. Like, right. that, like a teaching of, like, your body. Like, I had already gone Which- through the... Uh, like, which a teaching of sex in middle school is fair. It's definitely fair. I mean, my parents had us on a waiver that said, like, it was okay for them to do that. My parents were like, yeah, we don't want to have this conversation with you. Yeah, I'm going to go throughout this conversation and say where I think that, like, all of a sudden this becomes unfair. Yeah. Because I think sex education for young people should be a thing. Oh, sex education should be. Yes. Um, this, unfortunately, is not education. This Correct. is a... Um, traumatization. A traumatization, but also, like, an abiding law. Like, not giving you any um, understanding of sex at all. Right. And only teaching abstinence as a form of sex education, which is not good. At all. um, In my opinion. I mean, for some people, yeah, maybe abstinence is a great message for you. Maybe you are somebody that wants to abstain from sex or... um, No. 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 I am literally calling bullshit right the fuck now. No, I think that's totally fine. Abstaining from sex. If you want to abstain from sex because you want to abstain from sex, like, because you're not necessarily ready. Yeah. That's one thing. But to abstain because you need to wait till you get married, I think is literally I didn't say that. I said if you I'm saying it. I'm saying, I mean, but if that's what you want to do, like, I mean, to each their own. Like, I think part of sexual education is, like, guess what? 
then they're absolutely right that um, abstaining from sex is the number one way to prevent getting STDs and STIs. So people should have that knowledge, you know, and you're educational. The, but pro- like, the problem is, is that you have to open the wheel a little bit to explain that like STDs and STIs aren't the end of the world. Um, correct. Yeah. But like that, I, I mean, sure. I think it's like, of course, it's the most 100 percent way to not get them. But like, yeah, also it avoids pregnancy as well. I just, yeah, but I mean, like, if I never pull that drawer open, it's not going to open. Ever. I know, but it's still, I mean, like, I think people should know it as, like, an option. I'm not saying that, like, people need to bang down the walls and everyone needs to be in abstinence. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, no. With sex, like, I mean, one, I mean, being religious and gay, like, there's so much, I feel like, religious, like, no to sex yeah. Like if you're religious and growing up religious, you already have a weird thing with sex. I believe that. I'm, being gay yeah. on top of that, being like, oh, the sex I want to have is wrong. Like it's, people are telling me this is wrong. Like, yeah. Not only is, are these feelings wrong, but like I'm a double whammy. That's horrible to feel. I mean, I'm not defending the religion aspect of it because my experience with it, because that training process that they had brought in people which interesting enough they brought yeah in, explain the story no one even, you never even explained the <laughs> well, story well I was trying to get there but you were mad at me for saying that abstinence is an okay way of teaching I just don't want anyone to think that like I just I, I don't think that saying abstinence like I didn't is say, an option I think sex is like a natural part of this world and well that's your opinion it is it's my opinion for and, sure but so but, but some people like like there's people in this world who are sides like there are people in this world who are asexual like there's people who like don't need to like I think if you're gonna have a sex educational piece like teach it all under the sun like sex work is real work and people who want to engage in that behavior is totally acceptable Agreed. Um, but also people who like I think the problem that we have especially with like young kids is that and it's the same thing with drinking same thing with drugs I believe is that you create this hyperfixation of like, oh, it's so cool to do drugs. Ooh, it's so cool to do alcohol. Like, people who do this stuff, like, are much cooler and more amazing. Like, I feel like sometimes the dramatization of it, like, if you're having sex, like, you're a cool person. Like, I think especially, like, when you're young, like, that's the message that they're always driving, that, like, you might think you're cool, but it's actually not that cool. Like, and that's part of, like, my understanding as well, that, like, just because you do these things doesn't make you a better or worse person. It just, it's up to you to choose the kind of lifestyle that you want to live for yourself as long as you're safe and being as healthy as possible as you can. Yeah, no, and I I totally get that. I think that you are correct in those statements. Um, I just get worried about like... I don't think anyone's going to listen to this and be like, oh, he's he's proposing abstinence-only education. No, I know. I just don't want... I just want people to know. I think if we're mentioning abstinence is the best way to prevent, like, STDs and pregnancy, I want people to also be knowing that there's other ways. So I guess I just wanted to, like, insert other ways that, like, that's... Like, abstinence is not the only answer. No. At all. I never said that. No, I know you didn't say that. I know you didn't say that. I came off wrong. I'm sorry. I came off wrong. I shouldn't have gotten mad at you. I just, like... I... Is your religious trauma coming out? For sure. I just want to say, like... SCDs are for the most part almost all curable a couple of them are not curable but all the ones that are not curable are for the most part at this time if you're being tested early and tested regularly are 
able to be controlled. Well, that's a piece of education that's important as well. Like if you are and going to I'm engage, saying, yeah. yeah, if you are going to engage in sexual activity, you should get tested regularly. Yes, that um, like abstinence is not the only thing to prevent STDs. There are condoms. There are pills. There are a lot. Like there are different mechanisms. There are different ways of doing things and being close with your partner. And I guess that's where I. Sex is a different thing, like to me. I because I, I think of like for a side that doesn't necessarily want penetrative sex. Yeah, I think of like cuddling. That's their sex. Yeah, so they should be allowed to have that sex. And I think saying talking about abstinence starts to put into people's mind like, okay, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't just maybe I should just stop having sex. Sex is bad. Like I should just stop having sex. And I don't want anyone to ever think that you should be able to have whatever sex you want to have. If sex to you is cuddling with someone and that's where you feel the most intimate you should be allowed to feel that intimacy and you shouldn't feel shame for ever feeling that intimacy and you don't you shouldn't ever feel like you have to not act on your feelings or abstain from what makes you feel good whether whatever sex is to you whatever brings you pleasure i i I think it's just a really hard thing to hear like just to hear the the word abstinence almost i think it's like i just don't even think it really should be taught if you don't want to have sex and you don't want to have sex like i know but you should i mean it's not like i mean i know the 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 church and like it just it to me it almost feels impossible like it it feels you have to teach abstinence to actually make abstinence that's where it feels like sex is a natural thing and so I think by teaching abstinence and saying this is the best way to prevent STDs and pregnancy, yeah. it's shaming someone. It's that you shouldn't act on anything because that is the best way to do it. Like, no. Well, I don't think that's the best. That may be the best way to prevent STDs and pregnancy, but I think it's the wrong way mentally. And All right. to So your sex education doesn't involve abstinence? No, my sex education would not involve abstinence. Interesting. I think you can make your own decision whether you want to have sex or not. I don't think I need to teach you about not having sex. But that's the point of I think what I should education. Need to, no, I think that I, education is knowledge. Exactly. So I'm going to teach you about sex. I'm going to teach you what it is. I'm going to start t- telling you that like you're oh, going to get close and inter- and personal with someone in a bed, and it's going to be hot and sweaty, and it's going to be awkward, and you're going to try to insert yourself into holes and be at weird positions, and it's going to start making you feel uncomfortable in your oh body. Oh my god! I mean, I, I would want sex education to be real. I don't want sex education to be flashing up pictures of vaginas with, with like different STDs. I don't want to be given like a banana with like a, a bunch of raisins attached to it and said this is like not what you want like that is wrong to me I don't think that the the, the boys and the girls need to be s- s- like oh I agree on that one I just think it's like it's crazy and they're it's not diverse enough and I think the way sex education I mean look also like to be fair I had like a weird sex education maybe there are better sex education courses they're really I mean you know my friend mm-hmm. he teaches sex ed to high schoolers oh and I think that I think that there is a a wave of introduction like in middle school like what you just said I don't know if I would have wanted to be exposed like I remember when I was on the bus one time and someone was talking about like like porn and like penis sizes and like all this stuff and like I was thrown off like right I think there is a level of base education that does involve a banana I didn't even have a banana like my sex education was that was an abstinence training right which was that you don't have sex and when you have sex like when I was in the church they said if you have sex with somebody that you don't know whether it's a one night stand or someone you meet at the bar or whatever, um, you'll get AIDS. And they had brought and in die. 
Well, they didn't say die. But no, I get you know, um, Mean be- Girls reference. <laughs> because they brought in. Have pe- you seen Mean Girls? Yes. Okay, sorry, just making sure. Jesus Christ! And they brought in people who had AIDS, and they came to speak to us, and they talked about how like their whole life is in ruin, basically, and how they have to survive every day on whatever medication they have because they had hooked up. They thought one night they saw one hot guy. I can't believe they like convinced AIDS patients to do that. I mean, like that's so because they also come from the religious background where like yeah, they, I guess view, they believe it. That's so horrible. They view that they had messed up in their life and the way of repenting their sin is by coming to talk to kids and warning them that like, hey, this is what happens when that you go out in the world up. and you have sex, you could get AIDS and have to suffer the rest of your life like me and we don't want you to do that. You can go out in the world and get AIDS and not suffer a day in your life. Just so everyone knows that's listening to this podcast right For now. sure. And, but that's part of the educational piece as well. Like, yeah. you know. Because th- imagine if sex education was like an actual class. Like, what if in pre-K you got a oh. basic introduction to these are body parts. And this is how we should respectfully talk about body parts. See, th- I guess now. And what if you grow upon that? We're falling into an interesting territory where it's it's a constant battle between, like, like I honestly don't think... Like, I think there's a level of education that schools, schooling should provide mm-hmm. that is simple and basic knowledge that is around a more of a biological understanding of sex, a biological understanding of, like, body parts. Right. Like, I think... Biological. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. From that standpoint, like, the diseases, like, talking about them openly and from a scientific lens point, Okay. I think that's a palatable school conversation. I think the other conversation that you are dipping into, at least in my opinion, is something that is on parents. I can see where you're saying that. However, I think one, a lot of parents can't necessarily be reliable, no matter what your economic level is, you know, anything. I don't think, I think a lot of parents, one, already have enough religious trauma that they don't feel comfortable talking about that with their kids. I agree. And then I also think with kids... It's their friends where they really hear it. The first time I learned about masturbation was with my friends. Like, the first time you really learn about... I mean, I guess, like... I guess I walked in on my parents having sex. So, like, I, maybe that's the... But, like, I don't know. Where you, like, discover sex and explore sex, I really feel like is with your friends. So that's why I feel like a school... Somewhere where, like, all kids go to... You know, all You know, I can't... I feel like I can't necessarily rely on all parents giving this good talk. But I almost feel like I there is... a ability to rely on all schools giving kids and that's why well that's why i think that the the more biological base understanding and like actual sex education that has been worked on by people who are making sure that kids have tools and knowledge totally you know and from a, a a scholarly standpoint like i don't know if i really want to be discussing you know very intricate details of sex in middle school like i don't think i could i don't think honestly i don't think i would have been able to handle that right but that's why i'm saying that's why i'm proposing what if when you were even younger it was introduced little by little trying to literally just like when you're younger kind of not make it so shamey about like you know like just discussing starting the conversation discussing private parts discussing like things like that and then it grew on to that well there's everyone poops Sure. I mean, I never. I don't know. Well, that's the book that shows that, like, how men pee and how girls like 
Like it shows how like like you pee differently, right? Like men and women pee differently. Like mm-hmm. Women sit, men stand. Like because women sit, I used to think that women peed out of their butthole. Oh, and that again, that would go back to more biological education. Totally, I needed that. Yeah, um, my all boys Catholic middle school had no anatomy class for the woman. And I, but that, and that's my thing. That's I mean, that's my standpoint on like what kind of like if I had a child, I would take the the onus of explaining the crazier things of sex, you know, and you got a prostate and boy, it's going to feel real good. But I don't think, I don't think schools should teach about like intimacy in the same capacity that you're throwing at it. Like, I think there's conversations that can be had. I just don't know if I think there's very well established professionals who have understand, who understand the psyche of a child and also the psyche of like, when is this a good time to introduce certain topics and uh, equip them with ability to do research and to do knowledge kind of based learnings for themselves? Because essentially, and this is what I've always believed in, is that you know knowledge is power and it's up to you as an individual to take information that you learn, whether it's sexual, like if you're in a, a sexual health class or you're in a U.S. history class, you're only going to get part of that story. And it's on you to then go and do more research for yourself and integrate yourself into more aspects because school is not responsible for your life existence. Totally, totally. I get that. But I I, I still think those conversations are already discussed in the school. No matter what you want to say about whether it should be taught in school or not, it's discussed in school and it's, dis- it's taught in school mm-hmm. either by the students or by the teachers. So it's either going to be taught by professional like by adults that have actually had experiences with sex and can know what they're talking about and do it in a mature way have the emotional and the age to do that or it's going to be taught by these young kids spreading misinformation talking about like big dicks mean more to it's like it's like all these things that are causing insecurities and all these like for sure that's why i think and but i don't know if that goes away like i mean if you're looking at a moment in time like a like a lifetime of spectrum like I mean, you're going to have, like, even if you gave the most explicit class in high school about, like, double penetration and, like, anal sex or, like, whatever. Wait, I'm, yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm just using right. an extreme. Like, yeah. if you're saying that the kids in school, if they're not going to learn it in school, they're going to hear it from their friends talking about blowjobs and handjobs, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. That if they don't learn it but, in the class, they're going to learn it from their friends who are doing these activities. Yes. That doesn't go away just because you're in high school. A hundred percent, it doesn't go away yeah. at all. What I'm hoping is that having classes and professional educational talk and discourse about sex and private parts and like the guilt behind it and like you know all these shames, if that is all taken off, mm. all of a sudden, if the the conversations that their friends are having be, levels up. It becomes more intelligent. It becomes less. It, it it can be more about sharing just personal experiences and and not so much about like one upping each other or shaming each other. And it's also, I think, you know, by not by not giving kids the tools to properly talk about it, I think it's causing more of the culture that you were talking about earlier in the podcast where mm-hmm. they're making it sex is cool. Sex is this really super cool thing that you've yes. got to force yourself into getting into and you should feel ashamed if you haven't had sex. Right. No, I, I mean, we're definitely aligned to that. Like, yeah. obviously there should be a level of educational piece. I just wonder to, to like, I guess what the extent is. And because I think regardless of 
what you teach like again like you could teach the most egregious you know sexual position you could teach somebody um it's just like at what maturity age could they be able to understand that as well i'm sure there are lots of kids that will be like interested and will take it from an, an experience because yeah, you always you said like middle school i couldn't have handled that middle school me could have handled that and actually needed that i i wish i had a type of sex education course that at least just told me like you don't have to be ashamed if like you're curious about sex right now you know what I mean? Because I was a middle schooler that was like having, I was having boners in like fourth grade. Wow. Like, I mean, so young. I guess I rattle like, I mean, the reason why they introduce such a, I mean, it's not as much of a problem anymore, but it is in the South when you look at like teen pregnancy. I mean, that's essentially what the conversation, I mean, that's the reason why they really have it in middle school because your body is changing and there is this possibility of pregnancy. Yeah, they have to have it then. Um, it's just interesting that, like, I don't think I would have wanted, wanted to have been exposed to that so early, but it's interesting that you needed that to understand what you were doing. Like, it's also interesting now because we live in a world where everything's online. Like, I honestly don't remember the internet <laughs> in middle school, so... I did not have access to like look up like that is completely not what my middle school was like like I wouldn't look up like what's a boob like I was on Facebook in fourth grade well I'm also a little older than you I was in Facebook on Facebook in like sixth grade but like oh, we would have been at the same time the same like year yeah I should look back I think like 2008 or yeah it was early yeah but I never like I think it was nine. But me. I was, like, young. Like, what am I going to do on Facebook? Like, I had nothing to do on Facebook. I got my first picture online. I remember it. I was at my babysitter's house, and she had a phone, a BlackBerry that could access the internet. And I was like, can you put a picture of me online? It's all I've ever wanted. Oh, it's my like god! It's, ever wanted. I just wanted a photo of me online. I wanted you to be able to look my name up and see a photo. And look at and me I now. And I did it. Isn't that crazy that that's how the internet used to work back when we were kids when we were in when 2009 like yeah you just had to upload one photo of yourself to your Facebook profile picture yeah to your uh, like 34 friends yes and all of a sudden you could Google yourself and bada bing there was like a photo like you were just so populated it's so crazy how the internet's changed I was given a credit card that said like use this one time use for a prostitute oh. no use this for your one time use for having sex and that would be like when you're married you can <gasps> they gave you a virginity card yeah have you ever seen these have you ever seen these credit cards do you know how many times I've lied about my virginity it's like not even funny really? virginity is so fucking fake you can literally say whatever you want um I should look it up it's called like I hope everyone knows that the credit card for virgins I believe in a virginity card. I'm no, sure I've seen it. It was just so. It's just, you've given an. It was an actual credit card. No, it was literally a credit card. I mean, obviously, it wasn't functional. Oh, here it is. Oh, abstinence to marriage ATM card. Going for the gold wedding day. Oh my god. That actually, is no. So this, ridiculous. Wait, this is actually it. This is really it. Abs ATM abs abstinence to marriage. That Every was like the cheap version. Everybody's not doing it. Join the real majority. www www.therealmajority.com wedding Damn, day. You got Wait. the Visa abstinence card, not even like the Amex abstinence <laughs> card. Well, you know what's funny though? I and this is like the joke everybody made was that like, oh, do you like swipe it on their ass? But that was like, and I and then stuck it up my asshole. I kept it for the longest time too. I was really proud of having that card in your hole. No, oh. of like owning that, and I was like, I'm gonna use it one day. And you've used it. Uh, let me tell you. How do you know? Well, I mean, you haven't gotten married, so <laughs> I guess you haven't used that card. But I don't think that card's valid anymore. Oh, it expiration. Expired. Yeah, it says wedding day. Expired my wedding day. Expired so. that first time you ever throw fucked up, boy. Oh. <laughs>
Lordy B. Lordy B. All right, all right. That's when all the innocence just was wiped from your eyes. So let's, and I knew a lot. I lost him forever. Let's transition to the hot and the ugly. Um, ugly. Oh, you have something ugly to say? I mean, I guess the full week hasn't fully happened yet. But do you have anything like looking forward to that's? Happened? No, I know. I just had an ugly. Oh. What was I going to talk about? Well, I can start, and you can think about it. Okay. Um, my hot um is definitely all the travel I have planned up for the next month and month or so. I'm um, really excited to kind of like do something. Okay, I have to stop you right there because I think you're miss you're missing the point of the hot and the ugly. The hot is not so that you get to tell yourself something that you're excited for. The well, hot is to tell you what you. It's like a hot of the week. You literally didn't what, listen to anything I just no, said. No, no, no. I've listened to it. You planned some vacations. No, no, no. I said because we haven't had a full week yet. I'm going to talk about something that I'm looking forward to. I know, but that's not the point of it. I'm not giving a hot for the past two days. Why not? That's what I want. Out of the past two days, what's the hottest thing? Even if it's not that hot, the hottest thing in the past two days. I want to know you're hot and you're ugly. I don't want to know you're like rose and your thorn of your future month. Like, I want to, like, you don't even know if that's your rose and your thorn. These trips you're planning could be the shittiest trips in the world. It doesn't matter. I'm looking at the, in this moment, I don't know why you put parameters. Because that's a, like, you could have mentioned that in the catch up of the week. Like, oh, I planned some vacations I'm super excited for. This is the hot and the ugly. It's more of like a boop a boop. Like, it's like the hot and the ugly. Because we already had talked in the beginning about what we have done the past couple days, so I didn't want to rehash. Amen. That's right. what I think we've been should have started the hot and ugly in the beginning. All right. Well, would you like to give anything? No, I wanted you to start. Okay. I guess my hot would be hanging out with my friend's kids. That was a fun Sunday activity. Hot. That I had mentioned before. Yeah, I mean, my hot would have been seeing daddy. It was, it was fun. We, we got to play outside. It was a nice, beautiful day. So we got to play outside and we played um, soccer and we just ran around and we played on the swings and then um, my friend ordered dominoes, which was great. Ooh, um, see, dominoes could have been a hot. I'm not going to pick Domino's as a hot. Why? That was, I bet the pizza was smoking. No, the pizza was good, but we're trying to get ready for June. Summer bod. <sighs> yeah, so pizza was not in the cards for that one. Do you have anything that has happened in the last couple of days that has been hot for you? Well, I'm looking forward to going on my trip. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine? Can you? Uh, everybody roll your eyes together. Ready? One, two, three. Mmm. All right, let's get one more no, time. I mean, one more my time. My hot was the movie. I think Roll our eyes hot, one again. No, come on, Brett. Uh, my hot was going to the movie. Um, That's sweet. The documentary was great. It was really nice. Um, another hot, actually. Sorry, we already mentioned the movie. So my hot is <laughs> Kiki Palmer's podcast. I'm really in love with Kiki Palmer, um, and her podcast is Good Girl. Shout out. Okay, Kiki. She's about to have a flood of listeners go to her. Forget so the phone. I know she is so excited that she's we just shouted be, her out. She's going to be begging to come on this podcast. No, Kiki Palmer needs her help. We'll figure out how to do virtual because that is, you know what? I, you know what? Maybe oh, that, we do have to do virtual. That's my ugly slash. We need to figure out how to do this podcast virtually. Today is your ugly. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Today would have been a great day for us to figure out how to do this virtually because it's like, I mean, we can obviously do this in person. Like if we're if I'm, if I'm in town on like a Saturday or like we're hanging out or like whatever we plan for me to come in, then like yeah, duh, of course, like let's record in person because we can. But some days I'm like, it would be just be like if you're traveling or like. No, a hundred percent. I get it. You're so right. It would be easier 
that you do virtually. You Actually, need to learn how to do that. We do need to figure out how to do virtually because do an interview. Well, that and um, I'm leaving for Nashville for a week in a couple weeks, and bada I won't. Bing, boom. I won't be here. My ugly, my sunroof doesn't work. Oh, but has it ever worked? Yes, at one point it worked. But didn't you? I have, also like, need new clothes. Well, that's our episode, everyone. <laughs> Oh, you're really leaving us on a great note. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you with all of our heart. All 69 followers. Do we still have 69 followers? Did oh. anyone follow us after this oh, last? that's a great point. I honestly have stopped checking the analytics for this. This last big viral moment. I'm excited well, for Well, while to- Brett is looking that up, I think everyone should follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Top to Bottom Pod. You can also follow us or on Spotify um, on Apple Podcast, it is still sixty nine. So we're we're still at that sixty nine mark, which I feel like is a special number. It really is. I mean, I would like a hundred, but totally. You know, we'll get there. So rate us, review us, love us, like us, comment us, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Alrighty, bye. Bye.